Welcome, Phoenix fans, to episode 10 of the premier team individual podcast on the AUDL. Welcome to the Burning Bird. We will no longer be single digits in our existence. I'm here with my regular partners in crime, Alexander Shaggy Tregus. That's right, the big 1-0. The big 1-0. And we are one of head of the... Uh, of uh, the Austin sold, yeah, the sold, yeah, the sold out sold podcast. Out. They're only on episode nine, so we are kicking butt and taking names here on the Burning Bird. Uh, a uh, Harvish, Huck, Meta. I'm so happy to join this team. I'm so happy. This is great. This is great. I mean, we're it, ahead. We're we, ahead. We, you, you should have seen the look on on Harvish's face when Shaggy introduced him to Ulti Analytics. Earlier in the evening, uh, I guarantee you that there's no way uh, Harvish is going to sleep for the next three days, and we should apologize to his girlfriend now. Just make sure he eats. Just make sure he eats some food. We're also joined by the uh, current owners of the Philadelphia Phoenix, Jeff George and Christina Chung. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, Liner. Right, thank, thank you, thank you. And it's great to have you guys on board because. I am I am I am remiss in this episode. I've not watched the Phoenix DC Breeze game as of yet. It's been on my docket at AUDL TV. I, I wanna I wanna watch this thing, but let me tell you a little something. You call something. yourself a super fan. I'm, dude, the, the kids are off from school. I am under some real pressure <laughs> at home right now. Okay, I mean there's some serious things going on in the liner household. But anyway, we're we're gonna talk about how the the Phoenix. They lost 21-18 down in D.C. That's the bad news. The good news is they showed a lot of heart and fight, especially in that second half. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Harvest your brother Himalaya, six goals. Season high? Is that a season high? Yes, that is a season high. He had five goals in the first game against D.C. All right. So that's a, that's a season high for him. All right. Well, that, he showed up. Mark Sands had four goals. That was, yeah. the, you know, I mean, of the 18. Up, yeah. Of the 18, that's pretty good. Uh, Mott and uh, Ryan Weaver had a He had a good game, and it was nice to see a young player break out like that, uh, having four assists in the game. Mott also with four assists. We'll tackle Mott in a moment. Um, and let's, like, we're going we're gonna to talk about defense here a little bit more than we normally do on the Burning Bird. Colin Messino, Colin, Colin Messino and, and, and Eric Nardelli, two blocks apiece. But more importantly... Nardelli, Bryce Dunn, and Mike Arcata put the put the lockdown on the MVP Rowan McDonald, and it, it really it really was nice to see that. I think it was almost out of anger that the Phoenix went down there and and, and told Rowan McDonald that they were not going to take it anymore, and Mike Arcata led the charge. Uh, Shaggy, you were there. What did you see? So what I saw was a team of players who have worked together really hard all season come push forward as a team in the second half, say, we're not a bad team, we're not bad players, we're not this isn't a bad system, we can play, we can hang with these guys, and they fought really hard. They fought really hard. And what they what what I think what caused it is that these dudes, these were 
the people that went to DC on this trip were the people that have gone to every practice. They went to every game, even if they weren't playing, and they've fought with each other the whole season. And I also want to do give a little bit of credit to uh, Christina's halftime speech. I think she really riled up the troops, set a fire in their bellies, and I think it showed. I think they came out of the second half ready to play. Christina, what what was the message that you delivered at halftime that that had even Shaggy this fired up this many days later? Oh, so it was, Christina's a little shy right now. She's laughing a little too hard to answer, so that's okay. That happens. That happens. Shaggy, what was the essence of her message? The gist of it, and it's a big paraphrase, but it's mostly that no one is traveling to see them not play hard. If, if people are going to travel to this game, it's because we want to see them play hard. And they took it out the heart. They played really hard. So, you know. Well, they, statistically. Statistically. Oh, sorry. Christina, go ahead. So, pretty much, I was in the stands by myself. And I was watching them play. And there are a few fundamentals. I'm, I will not claim that I am an ultimate mastermind, nor will I say that I'm an amazing ultimate player or even know what's going on with sequences and all these fancy schmancy plays and O's and D's that you're talking about. But there are a couple things that I know that you can expect every high-level player to be able to do, right, that I was not seeing. And so I thought that I had it up to my ears that if somebody as inexperienced as myself, an ultimate, right, my husband taught me three things. Mark hard, run through the disc, and cut. Right? Those are strong fundamentals. Exactly. And they and I and, and play aggressively. Play like you want to win the game. Play like you want that D. That disc is yours and that goal is yours. And your this game is for your taking. And that is what I want to see in the energy and the body language of every single player who plays in a game. Somebody once said, you play to win the game. Right? And I wanted to feel as though my players were playing to win the game. And so I just had to say a couple, a couple things because the way I see it is these guys, Philly Ultimate, could be the best ultimate in the country. These guys are some of the best players in Philly, and they know what it means to mark, run through the disc, and cut hard. Right? And so I said, you're the best players. Go ahead and do it. I know you know how to do it. You got an extra jersey? I'm ready to play. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. I'm a little fired up, too. I'm a little fired up. I'm ready to I'm play ready right now. Ball. Yeah, let's go. Like the Kool Aid Man, I'm about to bust through the wall here at Flanagan's Boathouse. <laughs> See, it was a good yeah. speech. <laughs> rather fiery speech, apparently. Uh, the, the, the bench at the Breeze game has a, you know, a little awning, a, a plastic awning, where the players reached behind them and pounded the, you know, the plexiglass in appreciation and. And enthusiasm with that. Uh, little little uh, diatribe that there you go. They Dr. Chung well, needed to get off her off her uh, chest. Well, as, as somebody that's seen Christina up to her ears and has been on that end of the stick, how bad was it? Not, there was nothing. <laughs> a scale, scale of one to. A scale of one to ten, one. That's what he's saying. Here, I know these guys he's, are awesome. He's seen way worse, is what he's saying. That's what our <laughs> internet web, uh, you know, web, what is it? The Wi-Fi, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, the Wi-Fi password. Not the password. The, the search name? history. The name. Whatever. The, the name. name is Chung Fury in our house. Chung Fury. So when you come over and put your uh, Wi-Fi on, Chung Fury comes on. I mean. <laughs> 
We got a new hashtag for the FPHL underscore Phoenix Twitter handle. That was nothing. Hashtag Chunk Fury. Phoenix players, that was it was the most benign, <laughs> nice mention, you know, of, of tactics to happen, but it was nothing. Alright, alright. So this goes down. This happens. And they come out in the third quarter. The previous couple third quarters that have been lackluster at best. What happened in this third quarter, in your opinion, Jeff, that was the big that the switch went on and they started playing like they could in the second half? Uh, I think it's been a process this season. <clears throat> the the Phoenix players are getting more confident. They're getting in better shape. They're getting to know each other better. And you can just see the the calmness and the confidence in their throws and their spacing and their cutting. And they made <clears throat> goals look easy for the first time in a long time. I mean, we beat Detroit by just making great plays. Uh, that quarter, we were just playing ultimate. Detroit, you mean Toronto? You mean Toronto. Did I yeah. say Detroit? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not Toronto. Everyone beats Detroit. That's <laughs> you can't help that. They are. They are 0 and 8, and we will get to the Midwest, mis- Midwest madness in a moment. No, it's the, okay. rush, the, the rush. rush. The rush. The I mean, rush. Yes. That was a tough game. We had a player. It was an absolutely tough game. We had to play our tails out to win that game. It was the biggest win in Phoenix history thus far, no question. That quarter was just effortless ultimate. It was people getting open and making the right choice, and then we, we got in the red zone. You know, guys like Mott and Ryan Weaver were, were seeing guys open and confidently throwing the disc into space for people to run into. And it happened over and over again. I mean, to, to me, it seemed like Ryan Weaver really developed some confidence just from the highlight reel that was posted on Twitter that I was able to watch. Um, he was he was really throwing into space much better than he had been in previous games. And it was really nice to see. Christina, what did you see different in that uh, third quarter, and, uh, and did, did you think some of the guys took what you said at halftime to heart? I don't know what happened, but all I know is they were playing balls out. <laughs> I mean, I sat back in the stands for the second half, and you can just, like, the excitement and the energy and the, like, intensity with which we were playing was palpably different. And I like to see it. Like, I want to see those guys just grab the bull by the horns and say, we are Phoenix Ultimate, we are Philadelphia Ultimate. And I know these guys, they love playing with one another, right? And these guys love Ultimate, right? And I just feel like I want them to love playing. I want them to set their, like, like get their cleats on and get on the field, right? And I just want them to be on the field and love it and enjoy every last minute of it. And it was the most almost liberated ultimate that I've seen them play all season. And it was a pleasure to watch in the stands. Liberated is a... Uh, liberated very, ultimate. That was a, that was a, That's a fine word. I mean, when you're playing free... Um, a lot of good things can happen, and you're, when you're playing with some some reckless abandon, sure, you you don't want to go too far and just start hucking the thing all over the place. But at the same time, you know you gotta if you're the underdog, you gotta take your your right. your swipes when they're available, or otherwise you're just going to get pummeled. And the Phoenix, I think, are, are starting to get a little tired of getting pummeled. Right. Steve, you, you made a great point. I mean, being an ultimate player, being a, an elite ultimate player, it's, it's finding that balance of, yeah, you need a little bit of anxiety when you play. You can't just be out there completely relaxed. You're going to get, you're gonna get uh, you know, in trouble. You're not going to make the right choice. You're going to have a little hesitancy on your throws. But if you have that little like arrogance, a little cockiness, swagger, a little bit of swagger, which I saw on that third quarter and, and for good parts of the whole game, where the team was really enjoying and high-fiving, really into the moment. Great things can happen. Well, that's, when, that's, when, that's when the best 
ultimate comes out of people is when they're not thinking, they're not, they're not, they're not playing with, uh, they're, they're playing with no, in, 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 with, without inhibition. Right. And when I, you can almost see that from from Ryan Weaver, just right. just the, the weight looked like it was off his shoulders this week. Right. And it was it was nice to see. And not just our handlers, we had cutters like James Pollard and Eric Nardelli, who felt very comfortable just ripping it to wide open people for deep shots. I mean, it was it was awesome to see. We looked like a tough, athletic ultimate team competing with a very, very good DC Breeze team. It was awesome. A playoff bound DC Breeze team. Shaggy, what do you got, buddy? Bryce Dunn played a lot of O points. We uh, we were talking after that Toronto game about how we liked how Bryce Dunn's hucks looked. He didn't have any fear to rip it. He They switched him to O-line. I thought that looked really cool. It was a neat little wrinkle from the DC from the Philly coaching staff. Well, Bryce Dunn is a very explosive player, and I feel offense is where he belongs. Where you, you just huck it to him, and you like explode and catch it in the end zone. He has great hops. You really jump, and he's really he, he just has that pop for the first one minute of the point. You know, we're on defense. You use him for his athletic ability to guard some of these premier guys, and he's all tired out for, for playing open, playing offense after the turn. So I think offense was a great. You're right about that. Definitely. My Hampson was right about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Hampson too. We don't give Hampson any credit hard on this on this uh, on this show. Look, very good. Coach. It's the coach's. Coach. It's very the coach's coach. burden. Very good. Well, if you say it, that that means a lot. It means a lot. You're no, he's a great coach. But it, it's the coach's burden, right? If you lose, it's the coach's fault. If you win, it's the player's fault. So. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, speaking of winning and losing, and whose fault it is, uh, let's go over last week's. Lines, uh, Shaggy uh, and Harvish both took the Phoenix plus some points, and I took the DC Breeze minus the hefty six and a half and got totally burned. I want you to lose, Steve. I don't want to, like, don't want to talk about this publicly because I don't know if my wife listens to the Bernie Bird Harvish. Why are you throwing me under the bus like this? I'm, a, I'm just not, I mean, I... I'm going to stop it there, Harvish. All right? Don't ask me how much money I spent on anything. Pal. It's hindsight. I backed out. I was like... <laughs> yeah, you wussed out. Yeah. Billy Sickles was not on the lineup. Remember well, last time that happened? Uh, well, apparently... What happened last time? Apparently Billy played. Billy Sickles? Yeah, no, he didn't play. No, he did not oh, play. No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but still, they covered. He didn't have to play. That's my point. We were supposed to cover against Montreal. No, no, we were supposed to beat Montreal. Exactly. We That's what I meant. We were supposed to beat Montreal. What happened then? That was a bed trapping. Uh, I, I would like to do some bragging about this. I made a bet with Steve straight up. Oh, here was the, God. here were the terms of the bet. If Steve won, Steve took DC because he's a hater, and I took Philly. And Steve, if Steve won, if DC covered. I would have to babysit Steve's wonderful children. And if I won, Steve would have to come to my summer league game and cheer me on to his fullest heart. <laughs> and I am happy to report that Steve Leinert will be in attendance to my summer league game this Friday, cheering me on and barbecuing some snacks for afterwards. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. And look, fans, that's what happens when you believe in the Phoenix. Good things. It's good things. I, I, 
I will be I will be making an appearance this Friday night at Edgley solely to fulfill my bet. If I wasn't a honorable man, I would sneak out from doing so. And I'm even going the extra length. Yes, I will be making some. Uh, I, I, I started off with the idea for a kebab evening, and, and uh, maybe have some shrimp, maybe some chicken. Let me I, a I, good got some, I got some. I got some sirloin. Got some sirloin steak ready to go. Sounds and, like you're um, sacrificing a lot. Yeah. For a night at Edgley yeah. Well, if you're going to go to Edgley on a Friday, as you look, hey, I'm. This is my first year in retirement. No one's throwing me a retirement party. I'll tell you that first of all, number one. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Edgley and throw myself a retirement party. With kebabs. I might, with kebabs, my grill, some Bell's Too Hard and Ale. And I might throw, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my cleats and I'm going to pile them together, old school Kensington style, and throw them up over the wire down there at Edgley and let them hang there, old school. You're not going to burn them and bury them? No. no, no I, you know, I had an idea of burying them at Edgley because I think it's where my cleats belong. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I think that I would be ruining the field. So I'm going to put them up in a tree, put them in the cricket on a wire, pitch. and everyone's going to walk by and be like, "Who threw their cleats up there?" And be like, "Oh, let, let me regale you with the legend <laughs> that is Steve Liner." But that, this is another story for another time. <clears throat> Twenty years of excellence <laughs> and yelling. <laughs> 30, 30 years. Thirty man. years. Thirty years. I, mean, no. I played ultimate for thirty years. Yeah, man. 30 Twenty years, years of excellence and yelling. Though. Twenty years of excellence. <laughs> Saw the Phoenix. The last ten, I was leaking oil. <laughs> Let's go. Speaking of leaking oil, let's let's move let's forward to the, uh, to the to the to the to the upcoming game with the Toronto Rush in Canada. Oh my word! The Detroit Rush. The Detroit Rush. I wish we were playing Detroit. I'm glad we caught that. What's the what's the line on that game? What's the line on the Phoenix Rush game? We're going right to the look. Yeah. Harvest. Harvest can't get to the bookie quick enough. Uh-huh. Yeah, we may have some explaining to do to Harvest's parents. It is. <laughs> Toronto is getting three and a half points in Toronto. The over/under is thirty-nine and a half. That's the line. Three and a half. Wow, that's a low line for Toronto in a revenge game. You think so? Yeah, that's, mm. that's, that line screams Phoenix. It screams take the Phoenix and the points. They might win wow. outright. They might win outright because that's what that line is saying to me. So you like that's what that line is saying to me right now. You like close lines, but when it's a huge line, you want to take the other team. I want a huge line and tell me something too. <laughs> <laughs> That line speaking well, to me. The Phoenix have to win. They have to win this game to keep their playoffs well, hopes alive. The Phoenix so. have to win out. Yeah, win and, out. And we will talk to that. Talk to that in a, in a moment, Shaggy. I'm sure you have each of the oh, playoff yeah. scenarios. I got the whole scenario broken down. Totally broken down. Coming up here in a moment. You don't think Shaggy's got his stuff? No, he's got, got. He's got it. Some people actually prep for the show, Harvish, instead of sitting there on their laptop as soon as they get here. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So the rematch for the rematch with the rush. Toronto split the last two weekends. Okay, they they lost to DC the previous weekend and they lost to Montreal the weekend before. Jeff, you gotta stop laughing. Trying to crack me up, and I'm trying to keep a straight face here. Uh, The Phoenix playoff hopes are alive, but are on complete life support systems. Look, the Phoenix playoff hopes have always been the Phoenix need to win out, and because Toronto dropped that game to Montreal. The Phoenix need to win out. We need to win every game. And we just need Toronto to lose one more game. Just one more game. And then we have the head-to-head. And we get it. Yeah, but they don't, they're not playing New York and the Phoenix are. Yeah, but you know who Toronto's playing? Toronto's playing D.C. 
and that game matters because that is for a home playoff game. Let's say Philly wins these next two games, the one against Toronto, and then the one against uh, New York, which we can totally do. We're totally beating New York because that game doesn't matter for New York at all. The Toronto and D.C. game is for home field advantage in the playoffs. So if D.C. wins, D.C. gets a home playoff game. They're taking their troops to Toronto. You better believe it. If they if they care about making it this postseason, they want they want to win that game. Sure, sure. You get Toronto coming coming to DC rather than having to go back up there. Yeah, it's a big deal. And Toronto Toronto hasn't won a game south of the border this season. Yeah, that's right. They got an Ottawa stat line this year. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, really? Toronto. Minus three and a half. Shaggy. Yeah. Who you got? Oh, man, this is tough. Look, it really depends on how the Phoenix play. I know that that sounds crazy, but we were really smart last time in how we played Toronto. We made good decisions, and if those decisions carry through again, I think the Phoenix have what it takes to win the game outright. And also, I, I I have to believe in the Phoenix at a certain point. This is what we need to win this game to keep our hopes for the playoffs alive. My hopes when I went into this season with the playoffs, I'm taking the Phoenix. I'm taking them. I'm picking them, as I would say. Just taking them. Taking them. Taking them outright, which means I'm definitely definitely taking the Phoenix to cover the line, and I'm also taking the under. Look, if you want to make money betting in the AUDL, take all the Eastern Conference over-unders under, and take all the Western Conference over-unders over. Now, the Eastern Conference over-unders are set at 38, 39 points, and the Western Conference is set at 45 points. Doesn't matter. Take the Western Conference over, the Eastern Conference under. I couldn't agree with that more. One of the scores. Bank. One of the scores in the uh, out west was thirty-two twenty-nine this past week. Like my word, yeah. yeah. That's right. They're playing I mean, football out they're, there. They're, they're just pretending it's, it's it's like it's last man standing. Like whoever gets the disc last is going to win that those games uh, out there. And uh, we're going to uh, talk about the Midwest for a moment, okay? <laughs> but let's let's touch on Shaggy. What's your super stat of the week? Oh, man. So I talked about how it all depends on how the Phoenix play. Here's my super stat of the week. Um, Cam Harris is the most effective player on Toronto. It doesn't matter what you do. He's always effective. He has 25 goals, 30 assists. He's a plus 35 on the season. He throws it a million times. Sorry, he's uh, he's plus 42. Cam Harris is plus 42. The player who... Um, we need to take away, the two players we need to take away, and the players who did a really good job of taking away last season, are, or last game, are Nathan Hurst and Akifumi Murayoka. When in their losses, uh, Murayoka and Hurst combined for 37 turns. They've only had four losses, and those two guys have turned the disc 37 times. That's a crazy amount of times. And what the Phoenix did in our first game is we put the disc in their hands, and we made them throwers, and they couldn't deliver. So in their losses, Hurst, who is an 89-90% uh, uh, completion percentage, he's 83% in their losses. He has a lot of turns. And that's what, look, that's my stat of the week, that Hurst has a lot of turns, and if the Phoenix want to be successful, we need to put the disc in his hands, and we need to scare him. Whatever we did between Nardelli, Dunn, and Arcata to Rowan this week, that's what we need to do to Murayoka and to Hurst. Put the fear, of, put the fear in those players, and play downhill from there. All right, all right, Harvish. So, so something else Cam Reddish has is he's never dropped a pass. So we want one turn, right? We just want one D. Cam Reddish, we ruined that perfect. 
Yeah, Cam, Cam Harris. Harris. Cam Reddish. Was my bad. My drafted. bad. Cam Harris. I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Ninth overall. Different okay. season. Oh, Cam Harris. Well, he has a hundred percent catching point completion. Yes. It's just one D. That's Cam all. Harris. Ruin that perfection. Ruin Bryce that perfection. Give him a blemish. Yeah. Give him Arcada. Give him Bryce. Give him Nardelli. Ruin that. Toronto minus three and a half. Who do you got, Harvest? Got Phoenix. No way. Yes. I'm shocked. I got a Phoenix. Just Florida. first of all, first of all, we have. You're we taking have... the Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, look. We have depth that Toronto's not ready for. I think. I think they haven't prepared for our depth. They don't know our players that well. We only had one player. I mean, one game this season with them, so they haven't seen it yet. They haven't felt our depth. And, and you mean our young guys? Yeah, young guys. You know, we haven't. I mean, we're missing a lot of guys. I feel like this weekend, uh, including him. Like, we're missing him. I know that for a fact. Yeah, we're missing Billy Sickles. Uh, Damiano, Damiano comes back next next week, so that's exciting. Wait, next week or next next? He's coming out this week. Yep. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Okay, it's pretty cool. That's a surprise. Fresh with his no, world breaking news here oh. on the Burning Bird. Dustin Damiano suiting up for the Phoenix against Toronto this week. He's come, He's back from his uh, hiatus no, overseas. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, so uh, so you're taking the Phoenix minus yes. the three and a half. Yeah, I think that's plus the three and a half. And this is a must-win game. And if Christina's there, if Christina's there, she's gonna have a halftime speech. I'm definitely taking the Phoenix for this. <laughs> you had to promise me you'd have a halftime speech, though. I mean, that's really important. Might be like a once in a season thing there. Were you in the Were you in the stands catching those free pizza discs? <laughs> When you're no, so excited? I was, no, <laughs> I was zoned in on the Phoenix playing <laughs> with my earphones and trying to drown out everything the breeze was doing. Meanwhile, focusing Huck, on the team. Huck over here is laying out for the free pizza. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, so, uh, it's Papa John's. You know, I'm, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to. I can't just make this a, 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 a threesome, a three-way sweep. A threesome? A threesome. I can't make this a threesome. It's That's good because there are five people in the booth right now. <laughs> 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 they need to be left out of your planning oh, the, the burning bird has taken a turn for the worse ourselves here this evening. Oh, my word. Okay, I'm not taking the Phoenix. So we're not having a threesome or a fivesome or an eddysome. There's not even a quorum, some. All right. Just a pair. Just a pair. I'm taking Toronto minus the three and a half, and I'm going the over to 39. Just because just I'm taking them. What are you doing? Because I know that I know I agree with you earlier, but I'm saying these nah. people know something. How is it going to get? They don't. But how is it going to get to over 39 and the Phoenix aren't going to cover? Are you guys going to be like 25, 18? No, no, the Phoenix are going to, no, no, no. 20, 24, 19. Okay. If you say so. There you go. 24 19 Toronto. They cover and they go over. Mm -hmm. It's raining us us out of there, it looks like, in Toronto. So maybe they're going to be under 39. Oh, man. You can't tell him that now. You need to you need to bet with him and then say, oh, by the way, did you know it was raining? There's no chance it's going to No, over. no, I love Steve. I don't want him to, you know, lose anymore. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, well, my losing keeps this podcast interesting. I'll tell you that right now. All right, speaking of losing and keeping things interesting, Midwest Division madness going on. Which three teams make the playoffs out of this group, Shaggy and Harvest? The Alley Cats are 6-3 and three in first place. The Thunderbirds are five and three. They just knocked off Madison. Chicago's five and three. The Windchill are five and five, and Madison is four and five. And Detroit is zero and eight. There we go. <laughs> they are zero and eight. We'll see how they do against they the are, Phoenix this weekend. They are no Detroit <laughs> Rush. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. 
So which three teams make it out of there, uh, there, Shay? Hey, first of all, I would like to say that I called early on in the season that Madison was washed, and lo and behold, they're washed. So give me all the credit for that. Shaggy and all the accolades. So precious. I'm waving myself. So uh, some, I made a $10,000 bet against someone that's never going to fulfill that end of the deal. I'll tell you what. But was here, that it was no, not you. Was not you. you. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's in the booth, though. He's in the booth. Here's, here's who I'm picking. I'm picking. I'm picking Indy. I'm picking my beloved Pittsburgh Thunderbirds, yes, as we all yes, know. Yes, yes, they're going to get it. And I'm picking Chicago. First of all, I ride or die with Kyle Giannis. I think that dude could throw the disc through a straw, and I'm ready to see him play in the playoffs. I think that Pittsburgh's ready, and they're young, and I think that young teams are dangerous. Like, look at Philly. We could totally win games. And I think that Indy is somehow the best team in that division, which is crazy because it's a, it's a stacked division. And that leaves Minnesota and Madison and Detroit, sadly, on the outside looking in, in my book. Detroit, Detroit's, I think, mathematically eliminated at this juncture, so it's safe to say that they're on the outside looking in. Um, all right, well, which one of those three teams then emerges to, to advance the finals weekend? Do the Alicats, because they have home, home field, do you, do you think they'll skate through? I don't think home field matters in that division. I think I think that um, I think Chicago is a little more seasoned, and that if you make it to the playoffs, I think that will that will show its ugly head. But it's close. All those teams are really close, and it's tough to pick. If, if back to the wall, I'm picking Chicago, but it's I'm not super confident. Man, I'm, I'm t- think just think about this for one second from a AUDL TV ratings point of view. If you have LA, the Aviators, the Empire in New York. Chicago, right? Finals weekend, and in Dallas, like, like that they get in there. Like those, those are some major media markets that you're plugging into finals weekend. You're and taking huge for ratings. You're taking Dally over Raleigh. Well, I'm, Dallas I'm, no, over no, Raleigh. No, I think Raleigh's going to beat them. Uh, you're just saying in theory that in could theory, be a breakdown. With the all four markets like that would be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, for, that'd be cool. The, you know, and like that, it's. You know, even if Raleigh, you say Raleigh, Raleigh could be the spoiler to the whole party, in my opinion. They look so good against New York. That game was amazing. That was a great game. How about Babbitt with that sick block at the end? Of the, the save oh, it? Oh. You had time to watch that game, but you couldn't watch the Phoenix game? No, no. I, well, the Phoenix game was in the afternoon at 4 o'clock, and then 7 o'clock start for the uh, Raleigh-New York game was a bit more feasible because my wife was home to take care of the children, Jenny. It's crazy that the two biggest games of the season... Saturday. It's crazy. Right. It's crazy that the two Saturday, biggest... Hold on a second. Saturday I mean, I mean, is worse. Saturdays are worse, Harvest. Go ahead. Zero. It's crazy that the two biggest games of the season, the All-Star game and the New York Rally game, both went to sudden death double overtime. Talk about a sport showing up when it counts. That's very, wow. very true. And it was, it was you're right, those were great games. Those you should all games. give more money to the AUDL. <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> we did. It's true. It was a good investment, I I've used that. I've been, using it, I've been using it as much as I can, but clearly not enough. Uh, Harvish, who are your three teams that come out of the Midwest? Uh, Pittsburgh, Indy, and the Windchill. The Windchill are yeah. going to sneak in. I think they've had very close games, and in crunch time, they're going to dominate. Okay. Yeah. My All first right, my first podcast to you, I picked the Windchill to beat the Radicals when they were good, though. Yeah. When they were good, I picked the Radicals. Them, yeah. Were good. Yeah. yeah now, now they're awful. Right, right. Now, so, back when it wasn't popular. Yeah. To pick against. Yeah. Uh, Madison. I think I think they're gonna they're gonna make the top three. And who who comes out of finals? Who goes to finals weekend? Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh started out rough. Pittsburgh. Yes. I love it. I love it. All right. I think Max Shepard, my MVP guy, you know, they, from I the All-Star Weekend. The, I watched the end of that game. Yeah. I watched the end of that game. So. And uh, the, that was uh, watching Pittsburgh rise to that occasion. Just like Shaggy said, I see Pittsburgh as another young team, but it's actually clicking, though. And they are. They are. Really dominating. Well, and Pittsburgh has a tendency to pull things together a little quicker than Philadelphia has in the ultimate community. Uh, things tend to take a little look. The, the teams are a little yeah. bit more structured in Pittsburgh, yeah. in my opinion. They're just getting better. Yeah, that's the why Alloy won the leagues, the the leagues are better, better run. Um, Pittsburgh, in my opinion, absolutely they are. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of shady looks being cast at uh, Mr. Liner right now. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot of shady he's looks right. being Temple, Temple Internationals last alliance right now too. Yeah, Temple Internationals the first yeah. time last year. Come on, he's right. He's they're they're better rock. And how about how about the college teams out there? Oh, you were seeing Pittsburgh? Oh my God. Where yeah? Where's Penn at? Where's uh, Carnegie Mellon at? Where's they were they were in the they were in the uh, they were in the, they were in the uh, regional final or the uh, yeah, not every, regional final. The, uh, everyone makes a regionals in college. That's oh, not, Temple and Penn and Drexel all made regionals. That's not true at all. People were get very psyched to make regionals in college nowadays. Now, my, my team did it. Ohio State's right there. Right, Ohio State, we're in the Ohio Valley, man. I mean, that's a tough region. Anyway. Resident Pittsburgh fan. <laughs> Resident Pittsburgh. I as, as the Pittsburgh Ultimate fans. Me and Harvish. And, we, and Jeff. Jeff's from Pittsburgh. We graciously... Yeah, but Harvish he's not... and I went to the same high school. Look, we graciously accept you, Steve, into the fold. We're no glad you decided to support Pittsburgh Ultimate, and we're ready to have you here. <laughs> How many players have you guys coached through the uh, that went through the Pitt program? One. Who? Nick Kaczmarek? Is he the, are you talking no, about you him? guys coached? Uh, no, not at all. No, whatever. It's one. Okay, one. One of the we're on the women's team. I, I don't remember. I mean, I coached Trent Dillon. I coached no one. I, I coached Mike Ng. Look at I me. Coach Henry. Look at me. I coached. Like, no I one. mean, like I, I, I've been. I think I've, I think I've had a little bit of an impact <laughs> on the Pittsburgh Ultimate community, perhaps, and for you guys to be welcoming me into the community, uh, I think might be a little bit uh, shoe on the wrong foot type of thing. You want to do this right here, right now? We Jarek, had Mike some. Yeah, Mike Garris was got it up teach them. Steve, you and I have had some head to heads about the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds yeah. this season. Care to, yeah. care to figure out who uh, was on the you, winning you side were, of history? You were on the Thunderbird bandwagon this season long before me. That's right. But that doesn't mean that you were on the Pittsburgh Ultimate bandwagon long before me. The because burning went, bird is the beginning and end of time, and we don't have Ultimate oh, history before yeah, that. Not, he's not recorded. Because, I mean, I played against Henry Thorne in Three Rivers Throw, uh, Three Rivers Flow, when Alex and, and his brothers were little toddlers on the sideline, running around naked and barefoot, peeing wherever they wanted. Okay, trust me on this one. My 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 affairs in Ultimate go back very far. We're glad you're back far. with us. Okay. I think it's funny you asked me if I coach. I learned three things today. I learned to cut hard, mark, mark hard. Yeah. That's right, Huck. <laughs> run through the desk. Run through the desk. Do not slow down, ever. And Ulti Analytics, it's been a big night for you. <laughs> I learned a lot of things night. today. This is why I come here. <laughs> I guess some words in, but I learned a lot. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm, I, I actually like the Alley Cats to come out of the uh, of the Central. Make it to finals weekend? Yes, to make it to finals weekend. I, I think Pittsburgh and Chicago are going to battle it out in their uh, in the first playoff playoff game, and then I think on the road in Indy, uh, Pittsburgh is going to uh, have, have their hands full. So you also have Madison and Chicago on the outside looking in? 
No, I have Chicago. I have the wind. Or, chill. Sorry, Madison and uh, wind chill. yeah, wind chill, Minnesota. I think, I think the wind chills. Five, both teams have five losses, and I think that's uh, that that might already put them in a hole. There's too much to get out of at this point for them in this division this particular year. Like okay. last week, Pittsburgh beating Madison was almost a changing of the guard. And it was almost the changing of the guard the Phoenix were looking for when they beat Toronto earlier this season, and it just hadn't manifested that way so far. Well, it still might be a changing of the guard, but the changing is that the Eastern Conference now runs through the United States instead of through Canada, which in the past has not been the case. This is true, and New York is going to be very tough to beat for quite some time, but that doesn't mean there aren't two other spots to get in there, and then there isn't a puncher's chance to knock him off in the playoffs. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that's what the Phoenix goal should be coming over the next few years. It might not happen this year. It might not happen next year. But you're like three years from now, 2021, I don't see why the Phoenix can't be right there with those teams. Like, like Christina was saying earlier, like Philadelphia has a, has too many good ultimate players for a team to be at the bottom of a league like the AUDL. And I truly believe that Philadelphia has always had that heart and soul to rise up and meet challenges like this. And there was a long time where Philadelphia didn't have their own club team here. And they had to share with Baltimore. They had to share with D.C. They had to share with all these other cities. And when we finally got our own team together and we built it into a national team, it was so rewarding. And it's something that I hope the Phoenix's uh, ownership and the uh, that are here with us tonight and the players all get the experience here in Philadelphia. So before we wrap things up, uh, anybody else got anything to add? Shaggy. Yeah, I got a, a line. Look, you talked about how the people that make the lines know more than we do about what's going on. I and, think that. I, I don't know that. Right. I think that's true for most sports. I don't think that's true about Frisbee. I just don't think that the ADL is there yet. However, Dallas is at home this weekend against Atlanta. Atlanta's playing two games. They have a doubleheader this weekend. They're playing uh, Dallas on Saturday and Austin on Sunday. And Dallas is getting one and a half points at home, which is wild because Dallas is definitely one of the best teams in the league. And I think that's a case of the odds makers know something and we that we don't. Someone's missing from that Dallas roster that game, and I don't know who it is, but that makes me suspicious. And if you're looking to make money, I would look at that game. Okay. Uh, any other games you're looking at? Uh, I mean, so many. You were talking about the changing of the guard. Uh, Pittsburgh is favored at home against um, Madison. I'm looking at that for the changing of the guard. Uh, Detroit is getting five and a half points against um, Chicago. I'm not looking at that for changing the guard, but I would bet Chicago there. I think Chicago is going to beat Detroit by more than five and a half points. Seattle's getting four points against the Aviators. I'm going to circle back to something that we've talked about early on. I think Seattle's going to cover that line. And so I've looked at that game, too. Uh, but I think that this season's shaking out pretty much how we would have thought, except Toronto's a little more vulnerable than I would have thought at the beginning of the year. I agree with that. Which is good good news for the Phoenix this weekend. All right, Harvest, what do you got, buddy? All I got is we have three teams in our division that are in the top five in the whole ADL. It's going to be tough for a while, I feel like. And, again, it is the process. I know we're in Philadelphia, and we hate saying that word, but we have great teams in our division, and, 
You have to grow from here. I love saying the process. Oh, my God. I'm a, I'm a, I agree with Shaggy, man. The process, as long as the process leads to the promised land, then I'm all about the process. Yeah, man. trust like, the process. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? But if the process leads to mediocrity, I don't want mediocrity. I don't want to, I don't want to trust that process. I want the process to pay off in, in spades and, uh, and championships and trophies and hats and jerseys and t-shirts to say champions on it yeah we're just like you know what i like too confetti i'm a big fan of confetti when they shoot the confetti in the air i like that like you know when the eagles were walking through the confetti with the super bowl trophy love that that was so much fun so maybe jeff can set something up like that we make playoffs i'll have my own confetti i'll have my own confetti all right so for Alexander Shaggy Shragus. Yep. For Harvest Meta. For Jeff George and Christina Chung. I'm Steve Leinert. Thank you for joining us for episode 10 of The Burning Bird.